A frustrating loss for the Hoosiers to snap their win streak on one of the worst offensive nights of the season. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Hoosiers. Whether you're watching with us live on YouTube or whether you are joining us on whatever podcast feed you are on, thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. We are your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics and your one and only Sportsbook app should be FanDuel, our new sponsor and our sponsor of today's episode. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. A frustrating game for Indiana in Maryland on Tuesday as they fall 66 to 55. Frustrating for a lot of reasons, probably most most notably because this was a game Indiana could win, and it felt like Indiana beat Indiana as much as Maryland did. Maryland did some things well that we'll talk about, but this was there for the taking for Indiana. I thought they played well enough defensively. Holding this Maryland team to 66 points at home was probably better than you could have realistically expected, but if you're going to shoot 37% from the field, led by Jalen hood Shafina going 1-14. of 14. Uh, Nobody for IU played particularly well at the guard position. I mean, Trey Galloway shot well but had four fouls. Tamar Bates was 1-5, of five, did not play well. Everybody outside of Trace Jackson Davis struggled on Tuesday, and IU couldn't make up the difference. It, it was just a frustrating game to watch. Uh, the shots that have been falling – in a lot of these games, especially, I didn't think Jalen Hutchifino did anything poorly. He just had a bad shooting night, and those are going to happen. It was just collectively, along with Jalen Hutchifino, everybody had a bad shooting night. And it got ugly, and IU never could really recover. And the end result is going 21-56 of 56 from the field. You take out Trace going 7 of 13, IU was 14 of 43 from the field, which uh, is really bad. Let me type those numbers in real quick and give you the percentage. Everybody not named Trace Jackson Davis shot. Um, well, it's not letting me. There we go, 32.5%. If you were Trace Jackson Davis, you were above 50%. If you were not, you were below 33%. So the Hoosiers really struggle in this one. I thought this was the first game, maybe not the first game, but the game that they have most missed, Xavier Johnson. He was really good against Maryland, excuse me, last season, both times they played. This was a game where, for a variety of reasons, defensively I thought Maryland was getting a lot of straight drives to the rim offensively just getting the offense going trying to create easy looks for guys maybe to get them in rhythm there were stretches where trace jackson davis just wasn't touching the ball 
Xavier Johnson is a, a, the type of point guard that will make sure he's involved and just his ability to get to the rim and get some easier shots and uh, cause the defense to collapse and things like that. Indiana missed a lot of that. And in the with the press that Maryland put out, with their zone defense, Indiana really struggled to get anything going offensively. They mounted a few runs, a couple in the first half, uh, one kind of run in the second half that got the, the lead down to five, and that was it. That was their best punch they had, and they had the ball down five. I thought Jalen Hutchifino, again, drove to the rim, drew some contact, and couldn't get the shot to fall. Maryland stretched it back out after that, and that was that. It was, it was done. So Xavier was sorely missed tonight. It seems like he is really close to coming back. He warmed up against Ohio State. He warmed up again tonight. It wasn't the official team warm-ups, but when guys come out really early before the game to go through kind of their pregame stuff, he's been out there the last two times, last two games going through warm-ups. There's no indication of when exactly he'll be back, if it'll be in time for Saturday's game against Purdue. But it seems like he's close and IU needs him because this was, like I said, this was a game where none of their guards were playing well and they could use somebody like Xavier Johnson. But credit to Maryland's defense because I thought they did play well. The press really threw off Indiana. They weren't aggressive in attacking it necessarily. And they were, it was slowing IU down. It was keeping them out of a rhythm. But along with that, the zone, which we've mentioned before, if you're an opponent for IU, you need to play a lot of zone against this Hoosier team because that really just throws this team off. And I they did a little bit better as the second half went on at least getting the right looks, nothing was falling for this team tonight. It, ultimately, it's just kind of one of those nights. You, you're going to have bad shooting nights. Indiana had a really bad one on the road against a team that is really good at home. And so Indiana, I thought, did better in terms of the ball screens to get the ball to trace on the move, to create some more opportunities because when he was getting the ball on the post, um, they were doubling. And then on top of that, they were rotating really well out of those doubles. And IU couldn't take advantage of that too much. There were a couple moments. Trey Galloway had a three on the weak side, some stuff like that. But Maryland played really well defensively on Trace, kept him uncomfortable. Now, still, an uncomfortable Trace Jackson Davis had 18 and 20. And Maryland's fans chanting airball the whole game while he's nearly dropping 20 and 20 on you is one of the most absurd things I've seen. If not for Illinois making the worst chant sheet I've ever seen, Maryland would be up there for the weirdest moves by an opposing student section. But alas, it was everybody else that was that Maryland should have been chanting at because uh, Trace was the only thing IU had going tonight. You're not going to win a game in which Jalen Huchifino, Trey Galloway, and Tamar Bates make four of their 23 shots. It's a when your guards are playing that poorly, it you're just not gonna win, especially on the road in the Big Ten. So I, I don't want it to 
to I don't want to chalk it up to any one thing necessarily, but I mean, it was a bad shooting night. Part of it Maryland, part of it IU, and you're going to have some of those nights. IU was not going to win the rest of their games. In the grand scheme of things, this is not a loss that's going to hurt them on their resume or anything like that. You can take things from this game and learn from it, and you reset, and you have three, four days uh, heading into this Purdue game now. So it's not the end of the world. It's a frustrating loss all the same, though, because it was right there for the taking, and Indiana just could not do it on Tuesday Let's talk some of the specific players. Trace, we mentioned Jalen a couple times, a couple other names from this one. We'll do all that here in a moment. First, though, let's talk a little bit more about FanDuel, the sponsor of today's uh, episode, because we're really excited to have FanDuel as our new sports betting partner. They're the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you download the uh, FanDuel now uh, in time to bet on Super Bowl 57, you'll get a no-sweat first bet, but you're going to get $3,000 back in bonus bets. No catches, nothing like that. If your first bet doesn't win, you'll get $3,000 back in bonus bets. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to player props, who's going to score the first touchdown, everything like that. Their app is safe and secure. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at this link, uh, fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Big thanks to you guys who uh, make us your first listen every day. Also, Locked On is at the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the host that covered the NFL's next generation in college. Find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly shows nightly live shows even, from the Senior Bowl uh, tonight, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. each night. Uh, Jack, the refs were bad again tonight. I mean, yeah, they were, but I don't like complaining about the refs after a loss because it comes across as an excuse and just sour grapes and stuff like that. IU shot 12 free throws. Maryland shot 29. IU is a team that plays in the interior around Trace Jackson Davis. And Maryland is a team that shot 22 three-pointers. So it's there's silly things about it. It's what this conference wants to be. Like it's I for whatever reason, they take pride in being just the dumbest conference ever. The flagrant, the not flagrant foul on Miller Cop, I should say, that's a flagrant foul. Like, especially if you call the Tamar Bates one a flagrant. This is about maybe the most old school opinion I have, but I don't know why the Tamar one was a flagrant foul. He wrapped him up. He swung at the ball. He didn't even wrap him up, really. The other hand didn't grab anything. He just swung down at the ball, made sure he didn't get a shot up. But whatever, if it's a flagrant foul, 
so be it. Maybe that's the new rule. I'm not familiar with it. How you call that a flagrant? And then the the player that hit uh, Tamar ba- or uh, Miller Cop, I believe it was Dante Scott. Whoever it was, his arm was extended as far as it would go behind his body to poke him in the eye. How's that not a flagrant foul? That's absurd to me. The end of the day, the rest, uh, it didn't really matter. I mean, like, I know Mike Woodson said something about it at halftime, but it doesn't really matter what the refs were going to do. If you're going to shoot 37% from the field, the rest can call whatever they're going to call, and it's you're going to lose the game. So I wasn't really too bothered about the rest tonight. I'll complain about them when we win games because then it doesn't feel – it just feels like wrong and, and looking for an out when you complain about refs after a loss. On the note of poor shooting, Jalen hood Shafino, look, the highs are high as they were against Ohio State, but, boy, this is as low as it's going to get for him. One of 14 from the field, one of two at the line, missed both of his three-pointers. Three points, five rebounds, four assists, two fouls, four turnovers, and a block. Yeah, that was rough. What I will say is I would rather him go one of 14 than like 0 of 7. This is a a old Kobe Bryant quote somewhere along those lines. Because when you go 0 of 7, you stop being aggressive. You stop playing uh the way you know how to play and you become more of a detriment than anything else. Him going one of 14, they weren't bad shots. He was taking, he did a couple of weird things. He tried a a floater left-handed, but if he had just shot it right-handed, it's a a shot he normally makes. It was a lot of pull-up mid-range shots, which aren't an efficient shot, but I mean, we watched him make them a couple nights ago. We watched him make them all season it's a, a shot he's comfortable with. He was driving to the rim. I thought there were a couple times you could have called fouls, but the Big Ten likes being a, a league that plays rugby more than basketball, so you weren't going to get those. So I don't know. I I it's not ideal to go one of fourteen, but I, I would rather that than zero of seven. I want he needed to stay aggressive, and he did. It just looks really ugly at the end of the day if you go one of fourteen versus O of seven. Hopefully he'll bounce back. He got that out of his system. And when he's back home on Saturday against Purdue, he has another 26 point game. It was ugly on, on Tuesday, but it was just a matter. It was a make or miss type of game. He missed a lot of the shots he normally makes and he missed a string of them together all in one night. And the end result was an ugly one. The, the counter to that. And really, I thought one of the only true positives in this game was Trace Jackson Davis, 7 of 13 from the field for his 18 points, 4 or 5 at the line, 20 rebounds. He set the record in the Xfinity Center for most rebounds by a player, period, home or away. He, I believe this is his third 20-rebound game this season. He be, he cleared a 1,000 rebounds for his career. Um, he is only the fourth player in program history to do that. He's going to be top five in scoring and in points, which if I recall, he's going to be the only one to do that as well. He, he did all he could, I thought, realistically. 
He's not the type that's going to force it to through a double team or anything like that. He's going to make the right play. We saw it last year. We've seen it throughout his career. He was making the right plays all night long. Uh, there wasn't really anything I thought he did poorly. He only had two turnovers, only had one foul. He only had one block, but I, I he played fine. He was the only one that played fine. I, like I said at the, the first segment, Maryland defended him really well and forced the ball out of his hands, basically said everybody else was going to beat us, and they didn't. IU didn't <laughs> beat them with everybody else. So kudos to Maryland on how they defended him. Kudos to Trace for still finding ways to get the ball, get the ball on the move, uh, whether it was Trace or, or Mike Woodson drawing up different kinds of sets to make sure he got the ball on the move. I, I liked what they did later on in that game just to try to get something going that and one he had late was on a, a ball screen that he just got the ball and attacked the rim. He had Miller cop standing wide open in the corner for three. And my initial thought was, wow, trace didn't pass that he normally does, but he got the end one, which was even better. So he tried tonight. You can't fault him. I don't think in any way, shape or form with how he played tonight, 38 minutes nearly had a 2020 game. Like, that's absurd, and he uh, he did all he could. Outside of that, nobody else really stuck out. Race had 11 points, four rebounds, but I thought he struggled. I saw people on Twitter talking about Race again. Look, we just went through playing without him, and he is also, what, two, three games into his return? Like, we need Race out there. He didn't play well tonight. Nobody played well. Trey Galloway, it's frustrating seeing him get into foul trouble. I thought especially his fourth foul was just a bad decision. I don't want to nitpick too much, but it was a foul in which Trace Jackson Davis is standing beside him, and he knows he has three fouls and nobody else can really defend on the roster, and he jumped at the pump fake anyway. That's one of those where just stand on your two feet, Trace isn't anywhere near foul trouble, and he's one of the best rim protectors in the country, let alone the conference. Let him block that, and you stay in the game. Instead, he picked up his fourth foul very shortly after reentering the game. It's those types of plays that IU was making all night. Again, I, I kind of single him out, but that was just kind of how IU played tonight and struggled across the board. And you add up all those small things, and it leads to one big loss. Malik Renew, he was put in a tough spot tonight uh, defensively, having to defend out on the perimeter against Dante Scott. And he looked very uncomfortable. It's not in, It's not somewhere he could – I don't think he's good on the perimeter. I could see how he could get there, but he's not good right now on the perimeter, and Dante Scott took advantage of that. Tamar Bates – Really struggled with well, there's there's the problem with IU's guards that will end on this for this segment. There's just a high level of variance right now. When they're good and things are flying, you get the Ohio State game, you get the Wisconsin game, whatever games they are, they're flying high, they're doing well. When they're low, you get an effort like this where just all of them are bad and the bottom seems to fall out. So the the challenge for them and for Indiana is finding a level of consistency over the next few weeks because you need that if you're going to be a good tournament team come March. You can't. 
that high level of variancy is what gets you upset in the first round. Let's talk the women's basketball team. They go to Minnesota tonight looking to extend their own win streak. We'll dive into that, preview that game here in a minute. Another sponsor that has been around these guys for quite a while is Built Bar. If you guys are looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you have to try Built Bar. I know a lot of people have New Year's resolutions about eating a little healthier this year. Built Bar is, is exactly what you guys need. They, they honestly taste like a candy bar, but they are still healthy for you. They're covered in that 100% real chocolate. They have all the amazing flavors, and yet it's only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. The, you guys need these. You don't even have to go to Built.com anymore to get them. They are at Walmart. They are at Sam's Club. Go to where whichever one is closest to you. Find them out. I know I've seen them at, at the Sam's Club closest to me. There's four bar boxes at Walmart, 13 bar boxes at Sam's Club. Go try them out today. You will not regret it, I promise. Let's take a look at a couple more comments. I'll take this L if it means we play harder against Purdue. That would be the idea, and I don't think we're ever going to play not hard against Purdue, not with what that environment's going to be like, but it's not the worst to refocus a little bit and just kind of remind yourself of I don't want your mortality, I guess. Remind yourself that you're you're a team that can have these types of games and to avoid them. So it, it's not ideal, but uh, this isn't the worst outcome. It, a, a loss was certainly a possibility. They weren't favored coming into this game, so a loss was certainly a real possibility. Uh, Trace should have taken an extra 13 shots tonight. Look, I would love it if he would just try to go two-on-one because – I think he still would find success. And it's just not the player he is. Uh, it's not a bad thing. It's just not the player he is. And he wants to look for the open man. IU and IU has succeeded. And with him doing that this season, they just did not on Tuesday. Let's look at the women's basketball team. They take on Minnesota tonight. A game that shouldn't be too difficult for the Hoosiers. I believe this is the last game of the year that will be on BTN plus. Thank heavens for those of you that have wanted to watch, but have not been able to unless a big 10 tournament game is on BTN plus, And I don't think it will be. This is it. This game is set for an 8 PM tip off in Minnesota. Uh, as I said, on big 10 plus up in the barn, IU historically is 33 and 37 against uh, Minnesota, but they have won the last four games against them. Excuse me, five games. They've won eight of the last nine. They lost in 2019 uh, to them by four. That's their only loss dating back to the 2015 16 season. So it's a, a rivalry Indiana has controlled, and this is not a good Minnesota team that they're coming up against. The Gophers are 9-12 and 12 on the season, 2-8 and eight in Big Ten play. They started the year 8-5 and five and 1-1 one and one in the Big Ten and have lost a lot of games since then. Seven of their last eight games uh, they have lost. The one win was against Penn State. Both of their Big Ten wins are against Penn State this season. 
Penn State, a team that also is not that great this year. They've had mixed results against some good teams. Um, I mean, they lost to Ohio State by 12 at home. They only lost to Illinois by 13. They beat Penn State twice, one of them in double overtime. But at the same time, if you look at recent results, they lost by 19 to Purdue and by 36 on Sunday to Michigan. Not a good team. This is not a good Minnesota team. Hoosiers should be to be able to head in there and take advantage of them. Sarah Scalia sure, certainly should know a lot about a lot of these players. Mara Braun is the team's leading scorer at 14.8 points per game. Uh, Alana Misho is at 14.3 points per game, 8.2 rebounds. She'll be the one matched up against Mackenzie Holmes in this one. Mallory Heyer, 11.6 points, 6.7 rebounds. But as a team, Minnesota, they shoot 40% from the field, 30% from the three-point line. They just struggle. This is just not a, a great team that not even a team that really you can I, I know I'm what I'm about to say is a jinx, but not even really a team you can envision an upset. Like IU would have to play really bad for Minnesota to upset the Hoosiers. And I mean that kind of plays out in what the results have been this season. They they lost by 23 to Iowa. Like they haven't been close in, in the games against the really good team. So the Hoosiers come in, play their game, and take care of the ball, you know, stuff like that. I don't think this is going to be a particularly close game. And it Indiana obviously is also has a Purdue game on the horizon. So hopefully there's no overlooking that. Uh, they have won their last eight games since that loss to Michigan State. This is the final game before things turn up a couple notches. Um, they Their last month of the season, the last three weeks of the season for the Hoosiers is as tough as anybody in the conference. They will they play at Purdue versus Iowa, at Ohio State versus Michigan versus Purdue at Iowa. The only games in that stretch against teams that aren't ranked are the two Purdue games. So... The last chance for the Hoosiers to uh, run up the score a little bit, you would imagine, and then things are kicking up a gear. So, IU uh, big one or a big chance to move to twenty-one and one this season. We'll be live after the game goes final. You guys can subscribe over at YouTube or follow us on Twitter to make sure you don't miss out on that. For those of you that don't have BTM Plus, we can. Um, I'll give you the, the recap and whatnot. You can join in on that. Probably go over some bracketology tomorrow as well. So thanks again, guys, for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out the brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from the big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube, wherever you guys are listening to the podcast app. Be sure also leave us a rating and review. That helps us out a lot. I don't mention it enough. It's a big help for us, wherever you're listening to us at, Spotify, Overcast, whatever it is. Leave a quick rating and review if you can, because that is huge for us. 
Big thanks to all you guys. Hope everyone has a great Wednesday. As always, Elio.